everybody. This is Just Sold with Brent McIntosh of the McIntosh Group at Remax River City. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Fine. Here we go. It's the start of another month, and it's starting to get crazy out there, huh? Isn't this fun? Well, it is for me anyway. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I've, I've never seen growth like we have in the past 30 days. So here we are early March, and that was a February I've never seen before. Now, we've been talking a lot lately about the fact that January and February were pretty much on track, mm-hmm. and you kind of expect that it was going to start to pick up in the month of March, and yet here we are. Yeah, and so almost every single year here in Edmonton, we're pretty consistent. House prices usually rise in the spring, level off in the summer, and then fall in the fall. It right. happens almost every single year, but I haven't seen an increase like that, that quickly early in the year, meaning February, and by that much money. So our median sales price literally jumped by $40,000 Wow! for single family houses here in Edmonton in the past 30 days. Do you want to take a look at the past numbers and then we can talk about what's coming up ahead? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so we'll, we'll start with those single family numbers. Now the media... <laughs> which you and I both uh, used to be belong yes, to, yeah. we, we loves to sensationalize things. And, and what? I know. Yeah. How dare they go <laughs> to, to sell newspapers and, and to get people to tune in at 6 p.m., et cetera. So they, they're throwing out this gigantic number. And, and, and yes, the real estate board is, is responsible for sharing that number. But uh, I think it's a little misleading. So, so I'm going to give you what the average sales price for single family houses in Edmonton is for the month of February, and it's staggering. It's 493543 Wow. So so just under 500000 It's never been that high before, by the way. Really? And uh, absolutely incredible. But what I don't like about that number is that it can be thrown off by some high price sales. So this is really good signs for the market and the confidence in the marketplace. But for example, in Edmonton, in January, there were only eight homes that sold over a million dollars. And that's still quite a bit, by the way, eight. But in February, there was actually 25 homes that sold over a million dollars. So that'll tend to throw off numbers. I much prefer using the median sales price. And that's what you and I have talked about for years here on the podcast is I think it's a better gauge of what's actually going on in the marketplace. It's a more consistent number. It's easier to track, et cetera, because it won't be thrown off by lower or or high months per se. So when we look at the median sales price for February 2022, it was 460000 Again, huge, huge, huge. A month before... January, it was only 420. I know, I remember that. Yeah, so it's jumped $40,000 in the past 30 days. Pretty incredible. We've gone through the pandemic thing, and while inventory was down, the pricing was okay, Mm -hmm. right? It was pretty level, if not a little bit of an increase. Yeah. Is this, are we starting to see a little bit of a reflection in prices because? There's more homes on the market. There's more people aggressively looking for homes. What, where do you even start with that? Yeah, there's just more buyers. And, and as busy as last year was, this year was even busier. So last February, there was 1,028 sales, which was, was pretty good. By, by any uh, previous February, just to show you some numbers, we're 637, 576, 674. That's a more typical February for the amount of single family homes that sell in a month. So we had 1,028 last February. Wow. This year we had 1,394. Almost 1,400. Yeah. So more people are getting into the market than we've ever seen before. Okay. Listings are up though. 
So, so, yeah. so, so, uh, listings are up compared to last year. Again, we've had more properties listed in February than we did last year, but we had obviously what I just said, a lot more sales, the sales to new listing ratio. I've never seen one so high in Edmonton was 90%. Hmm. And, and again, if I look back at 2020, 2019, 2018 pre pandemic, those numbers were 47, 41 and 46%. And now at 90 is now at 90%. So, so 90% of the new listings that hit the market were actually sold. Okay. So. So I, this is, this might be tough questions and maybe you don't have an answer and I know you'll find an answer, but w- what's going on here? Are more people coming from rural markets into the cities? Like, I don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really fascinating because there is certain parts of the population that aren't buying properties yet what we seem to be selling more homes. And I'm going to tell you, I think that the biggest gain or, or the biggest people buying in is the millennials and that they're buying more houses or getting into the market. And we're actually here in Edmonton specifically seeing less renters, more homeowners, less renters. What about condo people who have moved to home? So we see in that as well. Yeah. And, and so condo sales, the condo market is, is not like the single family market. And, and here I'm all excited and it's so fun talking about single family sales with house prices rising and, and, and 90% of, of inventory that's hitting the market selling. It's, it's a lot of fun. The condo market isn't that hot. Yeah. And, and I've been saying this for a long time now is that what we're seeing is less and less millennials sell it or buying into condominiums they're skipping their first step. I, I can tell you that, you know, years ago you buy your, your first home was a small condo. You'd live yeah. in it four to five years and then you'd sell it and move into a house. The, the, the millennials are, are smarter mm-hmm. and they're skipping that first step and going straight to the house. And it has a lot to do with interest rates Yeah, that with these low interest rates, literally Bryn, it is cheaper per month other than the down payment. And I've, I've said this before, it's cheaper to buy an average $350,000 house in Edmonton than a $200,000 condo. Wow. So, so of course you're, if you're putting down 5%, your, your down payment is going to be more uh, based on the minimum. But once you're into that property, your payments and your monthly costs of that single family house are less than the condominium condo fees. Okay. In case you were going to ask about the reason why it's condo fees, the escalating cost of condo fees is really pushing people out of that market where millennials don't want to pay them. And even the, the empty net, the baby boomers and, and, and the generation, you know, who are downsizing behind them are not moving out of their single family houses to condominiums like they once did. Okay. They're staying in their houses and as long as they can and not moving to, you know, townhouses or apartments. We've seen a small rate hike uh, in the yeah. last few weeks here. So do you think that that's basically instigating people to to want to buy now before it goes up again, because we've been, yes. we've been hearing that there might be a few more, there might be two more, I think this year. That's, I don't know. We'll see. The, I mean, the, the bank of Canada has been threatening this oh, yeah. for a long time, yeah, yeah. two to three years that they keep promising that they're going to raise interest rates. And we finally seen this quarter point raise for mortgage rates here in, in the last 30 days. Um, I don't think we're going to see a huge effect as far as prices go because people are panicked. Oh my God, that will bring down prices. And in fact, I think we're going to see prices rise because of the increase of what you just said, a whole bunch of people jumping into the market and buying up properties here in the next three months. Um, eventually what will happen, and I was talking to a client this morning about this, is that the increase in single family pricing and the increase in mortgage costs per month, basically with that rate increase will help the condo market. Okay. So, so what will happen is basically th- that eventually the single family houses will become uh, so much more expensive 
that they'll drag the condos along. That they'll be untouchable, so people will start looking at condos. Correct. Right? I got you. Yes. Yeah. And so that will help the condo market. So both the rate increase of the mortgage rates and this gigantic increase in single family pricing um, will help the condo market. I'm sorry, I completely sidetracked you here, but there's just so much stuff to talk about. So you just pick it right up where you want to go here. Well, we'll just talk really quickly what is going on with condominiums. And the median sales price there is 218000 which isn't bad. That's actually up from a year ago. Last February, it was 210. So we're up $8,000. But uh, generally speaking, even if I go all the way back to 2018, the median sales price for condos was 219,000 at the time. Okay. So we're still lower than we were in 2018 for that condo price. And, and I mentioned at the beginning here, we talked about the 460 number that I like to show as far as where the median sales price is for single family houses here in Edmonton. Right. If I go back to 2018 to compare it like that number I just gave for condos, it was 398,000. Okay. <laughs> so we're 62,000 higher. Wow. Yet the condo is a thousand dollars lower. Crazy. Th- th- than 2018 numbers. Okay. So, so again, I think hopefully knock on wood uh, as I touch my head that yeah. I th- we're probably or hopefully very close to the bottom for the condominiums and we'll start going up is what you'll start seeing. And then, like I said, they'll be dragged along with the single family rise. We've talked to guys and ladies all across this country about how their markets are going. It's Mm -hmm. one of the fun things that we do. Yeah. And the one thing we always hear in other markets is they talk about competitive offers. Yeah. We're not quite there yet, are we? We're getting close. Okay. So, so you know, we've had agents on here from Ontario and, and Vancouver and, and where they're talking about having 70 or 80 offers on a property. I don't suppose that we'll ever get to that, by the way. Um, <laughs> we just don't have the population yeah. like they do in, in, Edmont- or in, in Toronto or Ottawa. But... We are starting to see multiple offers. And in fact, when we look at houses under 500,000 here in Edmonton, detached houses, 66% of the property sold in the last 30 days sold for full list price or more. Wow. So the average sold price versus list price for the past 30 days for houses under 500 grand, I'm mm-hmm. very specific and these yeah. numbers are amusing, but was over 101%. <laughs> wow. Yes. So, so yes, we're starting to see multiple offers and we're starting to see agents and sellers actually price properties um, on purpose to get multiple offers, knowing that, look, we're going to hit the market on Thursday. We're going to have showings on Friday and Saturday, and we're going to look at offers on Saturday night. We talked about that in October, November last year, if you Mm -hmm. recall, where it might come to that. Yes. And so it it has happened and it's happening even earlier. I I wouldn't have guessed that it would be happening in February. That's something that we'd normally see April or May, by the way, is when the market is typically at its hottest or, or, um, or, or highest. And we're already seeing it. So the sky's the limit right now. What else you got? Um, well, Leslie, well, as far as before we talk about multiple offers, um, the acreage market. Yes. COVID, right? We, we've, we've talked about COVID over and over again of this trend to leave downtown, to leave the core and to go south, west, east, whatever it is, and to get more land, more space. I want yep. a bigger yard. I want a larger house because I'm working at home. You know, we need three bedrooms plus two offices, whatever the family ne- needs. And the biggest jump has been acreage sales. And in fact, the median sales price for acreages last month was 700,000. 
to put that in perspective, a year ago it was 530. Wow. So, so we're, there is very few properties Ooh. for acreages, especially close to the city. You, you, if you want to drive, you know, out to Toefield, you can find acreages for sale. But if you want to live somewhere close to St. Albert, Sherwood Park, Spruce Grove, Leduc, etc., you're Beaumont. talking about like a 30 minute drive to downtown, the downtown That's core. That's right, where okay. you're just outside of the city. You've got three acres, four acres, just outside of the core. Where, where yes, your commute isn't too long if you do have to make it in. And again, less people are doing that. Mm-hmm. I think I talked. We talked about acreages where. When I first started in real estate, the first question I would get when we were selling an acreage is, well, tell me about the septic system or tell me about, does it have a well or a cistern? And, and how, those were always the, the top of the list. And now the first question we're getting is what's the internet speed like? Oh yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I have to work at home and, and can you get broadband internet? And, and it is funny how things change. They don't even worry about where the water's coming from anymore. Now I've got to ask because obviously things are starting to take a bit of a spin here. Uh, the Road 55 studio where we tape is right downtown. Mm-hmm. Very, very noticeable in the last two weeks, the amount of people who have returned to downtown. I'm I'm thinking about 60 to 70% of the people who work downtown are already back downtown. I notice it when I go out for lunch. Yeah. I got to wait yeah. to get into restaurants. And you just there's an energy level that's kind of come back. I don't know what it was like for you for parking downtown today to come in and do this. Mm-hmm. But you can see that there's a bit of a change do you think that might reflect a little bit in what's going on? Or are people still looking for that little space away from the center or the core of, of the downtown area? In the, the real estate market doesn't necessarily turn on a dime. Okay. Um, but I think eventually that, that what you're saying will affect. And I think we're probably a good year or two away from, from that. that. Yeah. When I talk to my commercial friends about the vacancy rate of downtown office space, it's, it's, it's really bad. Right. You know, they're not having fun. Those guys uh, and, and those ladies who are sell, who are, are trying to lease space downtown. So they're I think having to reinvent is what I'm noticing, especially in the downtown mm-hmm. core, which was very retail driven. Yeah. Now you see professional services are moving into these main floor locations where there might've been a mall before. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible what's happening. It, it, it is. And, and uh, you know, change is hard. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and I think that eventually that the, the trend will come back and, and you know, what we've been missing for the past couple of years is this human interaction. You can't get that from a zoom call necessarily. No. And so I think that, yeah, lots of people want to get back to their businesses and want to get back, back in front of each other. And so, yes, that would, that'll be the trade-off. Eventually people will move back down to the core. The one thing that's been really noticeable to me in two weeks, smiles, it's great yeah, to see smiles see again. teeth. <laughs> and also to hear people laughing again. Sure. It really had been missing for quite some time, so it's back. And uh, I know that uh, you got to be laughing and just enjoying what's going on. There's this enthusiasm for real estate, and there's so much, uh, so, so much positive stuff to talk about. Of course. And we're still being careful on the job, by the way. Oh, yeah. On, on our team, we still have our mask policy in place when we're visiting with clients, um, just in case. Uh, I mean, uh, again, you want to make sure you're being safe while you're out there. Um, Are those some of the things you learned from the pandemic in terms of how you handle things? Of course. Yeah. 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 And and it's not business as usual, as they keep saying, right? It's new business, the new way of doing business. Business is the new usual. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk about multiple offers. Okay. Because I think it's just a a topic, and I think we might have even addressed this a year or two ago here on the podcast, Mm -hmm. but I, I think it's a really good topic to go over again because we're seeing it so often. So, so not only are we prepping our sellers ahead of time that look, our job and, and our mission here is to get you multiple offers because not only will we sell the house quicker, 
but we'll probably sell it for more than it might be worth because people getting caught up in the bidding war, so to right. speak. And you can see it where there's properties that are selling for sixty, seventy thousand dollars over list price because there might be five or six offers, and and people just absolutely have to have that property. So that's that's the seller's job is creating a demand on their property. And again, when there's not that many homes for sale in certain neighborhoods and certain price ranges, it does drive that demand. If you're the buyer and you're trying to win in this multiple offer situation, of course, price is probably going to be near the top of the list, but it isn't the end all be all that sellers are looking for. And there is other ways that you can make your offer better. So I thought, well, let's talk about that today. Let's talk about some tips because sometimes people don't even think about what might be important to help me get this offer. It's not just as cut and dried as, okay, I'll offer the most. Right. Because in fact, twice last week, we had sellers on our team that much preferred to sell it to the another offer, not the highest offer. Really? Really. Okay, so why? Well, there might be other things. So let's talk about the offer and I'll break it down into a couple of things. Okay. And, um, so, so price is obviously part of any purchase contract. Uh, there's a deposit. Ah. Of part of every single um, transaction. Now the seller doesn't actually get the deposit until possession, essentially. Right. It's part of the purchase price, but there is something to be said about feeling pretty good of a $20,000 deposit on a property from a buyer versus a $5,000 deposit. Okay. That, yep. You know that that buyer is not going anywhere. They're not gonna forfeit that $20,000 deposit because if they don't close on possession, Hey, and that's exactly what could happen. Yeah. Is that the deposit would be forfeited to the seller and the seller could break or and the seller, excuse me, could sue the buyer for breaking the contract. But gotcha. most sellers don't want to go through that. They'd rather just keep the deposit, relist the property. So a sizable deposit can help break a tie between two offers that were exactly the same price. Possession, as we, we've been saying to our buyers, look, if possession isn't really an issue to you, if you don't care when you get this property, why don't we leave it blank? Why yeah. don't we just let the sellers decide when the possession is? What do they tend to go to? 60 days. 60 is pretty normal. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's almost never more than 90. And, and the reason for that is most banks uh, have a hard time with possessions longer than 90 days. Right. So, so 90 is a long possession. Two weeks is a quick possession. If you're, if you're wondering. So lawyers that still need time. That is a tight turnaround. It two is because the lawyers still need time. And when we talk about these two weeks or, or 90 days, that, these, the, that's after condition removal. So you need anywhere from a week to two weeks to remove your conditions. Uh, speaking of conditions, less conditions. Okay. The less conditions you put into the offer, if you're a buyer, the better it is for the seller. So if it's subject to financing and inspection, those are pretty standard. But if you start putting in subject to an appraisal of equaling the value of, of our offer, subject to my mother seeing the property, subject to, <laughs> subject to the sale of a house, yeah. that's a condition that we're not seeing very often right now. And in fact, for our team, we're getting most of our clients to sell their house first and then go buy a house. Okay. Because hmm. uh, most sellers won't accept that condition. Gotcha. Um, terms. Terms yes. of an offer. So, so that if you're demanding, and we've seen it lots where a buyer comes in and says, I need the, the seller to fix this before possession. I want the seller to have a professional cleaner. I want the ducts cleaned, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think the seller is going to choose your offer if another offer doesn't have all those terms uh, yeah. and conditions? Yeah. So, so again, if you're a buyer and you're trying to make your offer look as good as possible to a possible seller, then the less terms you put into the offer, the better. Um, a letter from your bank. 
Here's uh, something that's that, a big one. It is. Why especially not? Now. Especially if you're getting, if you're, if you're putting financing as one of your conditions, why don't you include a letter from your mortgage specialist that says, Mr. and Mrs. Smith have been in to see me and I have pre-qualified them for a property up to X amount of dollars and financing should not be a problem. That gotcha. makes the seller feel pretty good. Um, Lastly, uh, as things as far as what a buyer can do, and I told you that last week we had two offers where our seller wanted to sell it to somebody else. Both of those times included a letter from the buyer. Oh boy. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we love your house. We're a family of four. We have, uh, you know, whatever it might be. We have a dog. Our our kids go to this school. Uh, Our our daughter's best friend lives down the street. This is our, your house is going to be our forever home. And all of a sudden the seller goes, I want to sell it to them. Yeah. And so even if your offer isn't the highest, you include a letter like that. And perhaps the seller comes back and says, well, look, we really want to sell you the house. Your, your offer isn't the highest. But we like you. But we like you. Would you be willing to match the highest offer? And this is what it is. Yeah. Happened twice last week with us. And, really? and so both times, the second highest offer got to the chance, the opportunity to match the highest offer. And everybody feels good. The buyer gets the house they want. The seller gets to sell it to who they wanted to sell it to. Yeah, Not yeah. Just, just that guy who made us the best offer, but to the, guy, to the family who really, really wants to live here. Whose little girl's got a friend down the street. You're right. Yeah. And starting to well up. And, and you know, with the technology these days, and we walk around with these smartphones that have cameras built right into them, that literally we could shoot a video right now of the family as they look at the house and choose us, pick us, and, and send them a video. <laughs> so, so I've seen that too. And, and, and so those yeah. are things that are really great. Um, as, as we wrap up here for the podcast, just a couple of things I, I wanted to talk about because... These are all things of, to help you. Now, there is some other techniques involved in making an offer. There's something called an escalation clause. And that might be where you put in a term into the contract that says, um, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we are willing to offer you $1,000 more than your highest offer. Oh, wow. So we're starting to see that. Brand. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so that's something. And, and I guess, you know, where, where they, you know, with, with proof or, or up to a certain amount as far as a max goes. And, and so that's something that we're seeing. And, and then there's a term, and you'll hear it used in, in Ontario a lot more than here. And, and we had one this week. And, and I can't give you the exact details, but uh, a bully offer. And so, so bully okay. offers are really interesting and I use them sparingly. I, I, it's not something that, that I can tell you <laughs> that I've seen work really well. I know a lot of agents think they do, but what a bully offer is, is look, here's, is that how you start with look? Look, yeah, that's always a word that yeah. I'm on edge the moment look, I hear someone We say, are going to look. offer you full list price, but you've only got till 9 PM tonight. Okay. To sign it. Otherwise, we're going to withdraw it. And so then sellers will get a little stressed and, and get a little nervous about, well, do we accept this bully offer or do we wait till tomorrow when we might get multiple offers? And so Most it happens people react to that because I, th- when I get something like that, I go, mm-hmm. OK, I'm out because I don't rush for anybody when I'm making a decision that's important to me. So so I am very, very cautious with recommending a bully offer. I, okay. I do not think that they work well, especially if you're only giving, a, you know, two or three hours. I like you. Um, you push me into a corner and I'll probably come out fighting. And, oh, yeah. And, and so I don't think it's a great technique, but it is. I'm sure it works for technique. some. It, oh, it yeah. may. It may. And, and so some people would be like, yeah, sure. Let's I'll sign it because a bird in the hand is worth better than two in the bush. But uh, yeah, it, it, 
uh, I'm cautious with when we use it. And, and we had a situation this year where our buyer and, and the buyer is the boss, by the way, they get to decide, right. Demanded that we put in a bully offer, even though we didn't, we recommended not to okay. because of the situation. It was an elderly seller. And how did that go over? It did not go over well at all. She didn't yeah. want to sell them the house and they never got the house that they yeah. it just, they were, they were t- too pushy. Let's not tell everybody what's going on because I want them to phone you because mm-hmm. the market is red hot right now. So how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, prices are changing almost daily. So okay. if you're thinking about selling your house and, and you got an evaluation last year, your house is probably worth more now. Yeah. So give us a call. We're at 780-464-0075 or reach out to us on the web. You find us on any of the social media sites or our website directly, macintoshgroup.ca. Perfect. And that's it for the time today. And we love your feedback. So make sure you drop us a line. And uh, we uh, will get back to you. It's uh, it's always great to get topic ideas for our podcast as well. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Brent Griffiths. He's Brent McIntosh. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>